0: Good morning and hello, welcome. Uh, My name is Chris, for those that don't know, I'm involved in the leadership here at Beck. Um, I originally wanted to walk onto this preach to uh, OJ's money, 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 money or ABBA, ABBA, you know, the ABBA kind of money, 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 Um, beautiful singing there. I'll be auditioning for the worship team soon, Um, but couldn't because of copyright. So how boring is that? But um, today we are going to be talking about the subject that you were probably told that never talk about or never ask a direct question about, and that is money. So that's why I wanted to... Anyway, you get the gist. Um, But it sounds strange uh, because... what what's your relationship with money? Strange question, you know. What's your relationship with money? Is it good? Is it bad? Are you a spender or are you a saver? Um, are you known? Are you known as somebody who is generous or are you known as someone who is a little bit stingy? The question, the deal breaker when it comes to this is: is it Heinz ketchup? You're all right with the basics. You see, that will kind of determine your relationship with money. We're talking about financial well-being this morning. How is your financial well-being? Have you ever been asked that question before? How is your How are you doing with your finances? Well, it's a question that I don't think I've ever been asked before. I remember I was googling and I found a website that was giving me a definition. You know, it's a financial management, one of those things, and it was like financial well-being. It is a sense of security and feeling as though you have enough money to meet your needs. It's about being in control of your day-to-day finances and having the financial freedom to make choices to allow you to enjoy life. Financial well being is that all it is? Is that financial well being for you? It may be. You know, this sense of control, this sense of you know security, this sense of being able to make choices, the freedom to make choices to enjoy life. That might be your definition of financial well being. See, I think it's a question that goes a little bit further than that. Though it's not about just how much money, or maybe not, not money. <laughs> so you know, might be in your bank, but more about how you feel. About your money, what is your relationship with money? How do you feel about it? What do you, you think about it? You know, is it is it a good thing? Is it not so good? No, to be honest with you, I did laugh when I was first asked to speak on this topic uh, because, to be honest with you, it's one of those topics that has probably been the biggest challenge and wrestle when it comes to my attitude with money. I don't know what age it was when I first became aware of money, but I do remember worrying a lot about it when I was younger, looking over my mum's shoulder when she used to check the bank balance long before the days of mobile banking um, and you know, choosing to go without things just so that she didn't have to buy things. And, you know, it's definitely something that's gone into my adult life. It's definitely something I brought with me. You know, I'd much rather go without and I've even convinced myself that I don't like gifts or want gifts because just simply because money doesn't have to be spent. And I'm married to somebody who is probably the polar opposite when it comes to attitudes around money. And that is a good thing in the sense that, um, honestly, I sound convinced, don't I? Um, in that it helps us get a bit of healthy balance, you know? But it's probably because that, it's the, the subject that we argue the most about. Money, it's a tough thing, isn't it? It's a difficult subject to maybe broach or talk about. See, my whole attitude around money is based on the what-ifs, being prepared. Now, why stewardship is a good thing, and I think we should be getting that right balance of money management. You know, there's loads of practical tips about budgeting and, you know, uh, savings and don't compare yourself, look for positives. You know, good money management is an important thing, and I think it's a biblical principle, stewarding well what you have been given. But my issues I think go a little bit deeper than just money management. My issues go as far as probably, you know, more along the lines of control, you know, wanting to feel in control. And so I think it's important that we ask the question, that we look at the question of finances and financial well-being. You know, what lenses are we looking at when it comes to money? Do we need a bit of a Checkup, you know, and I, I, I book ourselves into, you know, the opticians when it comes to how we view money. See, what's the heart behind it? Are we owners or are we stewards? You know, remember at the start I gave that definition, you know, the keyword there being control, you know, controlling. Are we owners or are we stewards of money? One of Jesus' most famous preach, he talks about the Sermon on the Mount. And so he talks about loads of different things within this preach, within this sermon that he delivered to people. And in Matthew 6, the whole entire chapter, Jesus talks about the heart behind things. He talks about giving, the heart behind giving. He talks about fasting. He talks about praying. And he finishes it with a kind of challenge about where we place our value. What do we put our value in? And do you know when we read this entire chapter, we're faced with a question of why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why? Is it for you? Is it for God? Is it for others? To kind of, you know, portray how you look to others or is it for God? In Matthew 6, 24, it says you can't serve both God and money. You can't have two masters. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 10, it says the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's that craving that can cause people to wander. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, keep your life free from money. Be content with what you have. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10, he who loves money will not actually be satisfied with money. So let me ask you again how is your relationship with money? What's the heart behind it all? Do you know when the pension stuff came in from the government? I remember sitting down with the people that that we'd employed to you know, sort out of our pension stuff. And we had to do a financial questionnaire to see kind of what pension where our investment would go, you know. And I didn't need the guy to come back into the office and tell me what my my kind of uh, pension thing would be. I knew it was going to be a low risk, right? Because of who I am, my attitude, sense of control. I do not want to have a high risk, even though it might be a bigger payout. None of that high risk stuff for me. I already knew the wire. What would what it would be, but. When it comes to money, when it comes to investment, when it comes to where we invest, not just about percentage, interest, yield and all that stuff. The question of again, why? Why do we invest? In that chapter, Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't lay yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and give thieves a chance to break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven for where your treasure is there your heart will be also again what's the heart behind our investments is the investment that you are doing and bringing for you or for something else this topic of money there's so much in it there's so much in it right even the question of tithing do you give your 10% do you give your 10% to the church do you give your 10% to other things you know do you give at all now, I think personally, I would say I'm probably more of the camp where I bring my 10% to the storehouse, to the church, and they distribute, you know, in, 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 in kind of their wisely, godly insight, hopefully, right? That's, that's where I am, right? That's the camp that I am, I'm in. But ultimately, whether you agree with that or not, Scripture's full time and time again of the need to give, the need to take care of the needy. Even at the very beginning of time, Cain and Abel were told to bring an offering of their crop, a portion, a percentage of their crop to God. You know, are you content? Are you content with what you have? Social media is the worst for this, isn't it? Because it kind of highlights this need for, oh, I don't have a lot. I don't have, people are living far greater life and style than maybe me. You know, are we content with what we've got? Do you cover it? Number 10 of the Ten Commandments, do not covet. Do you look at people? Do you look at what people have and think, oh man, I wish I had that. Are you generous with what you have? Money, money, money. There's just so much within it. And ultimately, what you do with your money is between you and God. Do you know, as a kid, I watched a TV show called DuckTales. Do you know if you ever came across that? Quality, quality TV viewing. Um, but there's a scene in it that often would crop up. The main character, Scrooge McDuck, um, and he would open up his vault, he would climb to the top of this diving board, and he would dive into his vast hoard of gold coins, his hoard of treasure. And he would dive in it, you know, and he would swim and swim around in it. And it's, a, it's an image. When I think of money, this idea of owning or stewarding, this owning of this, this image, sorry, of just is it is it is that all I'm doing with my money? Just hoarding it, hoarding it for what? Rainy day? Well, I think again, it's wise, you know, but that image of am I owning, controlling or am I being a good steward of what God has given me? There's a theologian called Albert Schweister, I think I've said that right, Um, and he says, if there is something you own that you can't give away, you don't own it, it owns you. If there's something you own that you can't give away, you don't own it, it owns you. It's challenging. See, I'm somebody that has seen amazing and miraculous provision from the lord i've witnessed firsthand when god has given me and my family exactly what we've needed and then some and then some in his generosity is given far much more and the challenge again do i practice that in my own life this has been a long journey for me and i'm still on it you know and the model of generosity the model of giving the model of financial well-being satisfied content happy in the giving, has been modelled to me by so many incredible, incredible people. But whenever I've prayed about it, whenever I've worried about it, whenever I've felt that sense of insecurity and uncertainty and not sure about stuff, whenever I've prayed about it, time and time again, God has given me the verses in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, "'Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.'" And all those things will be given to you. And, you know, it's taken me such a long time, such a long time. And I even remember a point last year when I was praying in my living room and I was praying about this sense of money, worry and all that stuff around it. And a song came on on the playlist that was playing in the background. It's called Make Room. And it's all about surrendering to God and, you know, and making room for him to move. And I remember having this overwhelming sense of his presence. And I just broke down. I started sobbing. I started just bawling my eyes out. But I felt such peace. And you know, something shifted in my spirit. Something changed. And I relinquished control. Control over lots of things, but control over money. I gave my trust to God with my future of my family, the future of my finances, the future of who I was and who I am. And something shifted major. And you know, it wasn't that long after that moment that we as a family really experienced breakthrough. In Mark 12, there's three seemingly insignificant verses, but I think speak into this this topic of financial well-being hugely. And it's a story of Jesus watching people in their offering giving, in their giving of their tithe, their money to the temple. And Jesus is sat down. You can read it in Mark 12, verses 41 to 44. Jesus sat down, it says, opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. See, what what, they've, what they think would have been, it was these huge trumpet-like shaped things that people would have thrown their money in. They would have put their money in. And because of the shape, they think that it wouldn't have just seen it. Jesus would have heard it. So it goes on and say, many rich people threw in large amounts. So Jesus would have witnessed these rich people dressed in all their finery, throwing in and putting in their offering. He wouldn't have just seen it probably would have heard it. All those coins clinking down into the temple treasury. And then it says a poor widow came by and she put in two very small copper coins. Jesus would have seen it, but he would have heard it. You he would have seen this poor widow walking by. And instead of a rush and a clatter of all these coins falling down these trumpet shaped offering boxes, all he would have heard were these two Little small coins clinking down. But Jesus observed this and he called all of his disciples to him. And he says, truly, I tell you this, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. See, they gave out all their wealth. It was very much about, look at me, check me out. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, everything, See, everything about this poor widow screams of not enough, not enough to give, not enough to matter, not enough to make an impact, not enough to be noticed, not enough to be special or significant, not enough to justify. And yet Jesus draws the attention of the reader, draws the attention of his disciples to witness this unlikely heroine of faith. Jesus sees her and he notices her. And he finds her example so moving that he draws the attention to her. Jesus was drawn, not to the amount. He was drawn to the heart. The heart of this lady. The heart of it. And I think that, when it comes to financial well-being, is the key. What is the heart? Financial well-being is a heart thing. Jesus was drawn to the heart. Financial well-being is about being secure not in the money, but secure in him. The one who provides. Financial well-being isn't about controlling what we have. Financial well-being is about giving control to him. Financial well-being isn't just about being, having the freedom to choose to enjoy life. Financial well being is to be entrusted with whatever amount, whether it's many, a lot, or whether it's little and a few. It's being entrusted with that amount and having a willingness, a freedom to choose to sow into the kingdom to for his glory, to place in our treasure in the kingdom. It's not about self, it's about others. And you know, whenever I give Jesus my two little coins, I don't just give it from a place of sacrifice. It's a place of trust. I am trusting you with this and I love you with this. And it's like Jesus looks at me and he says, you know, son, it's not your two coins that I'm after. It's you. It's your heart. Financial well-being is about the relationship, not with money, but with him who provides it all. And what we do with it, I think, matters. What we do with what God has given us matters. And it's about being good stewards of all of that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that we have. Lord, whether we have a lot, whether we have little, Lord, we still have many, many things. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be good stewards of the money that we are responsible for. Lord, I pray that you would help us to bring our all before you, to give our all before you, to relinquish control. Lord, I pray for wisdom, Lord, when it comes to managing money. Lord, I pray for integrity when it comes to managing money. Lord, I pray, Lord, for all those things. But ultimately, Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust, that you would help us to seek, Lord, that you would help us to pursue you and all your righteousness, to look to you first. Lord, I pray for people that are worrying right now over money. Lord, I pray for provision, Lord, I pray that you would provide for them. Lord, I pray for opportunities. Lord God, I pray for um, for the right people at the right time to help. Lord God, I pray that as neighbours, Lord, that we would be willing to be open to, to being people of generosity to those around us. So Lord, all of this, Lord, help us to know you as God. Help us to know you as Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you would move in power.